You're listening to Slice of Cheese with Jenny Linford on Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Hello, welcome to A Slice of Cheese, the Food FM radio series that celebrates the world of cheese. I'm Jenny Linford, a food writer and cheese enthusiast, the author of Great British Cheeses. Cheese is a delicious and fascinating food, and we're setting out to explore this remarkable food and share the stories of the people who make, sell and love it. This week on A Slice of Cheese, we're looking at mozzarella, Italy's famous cheese with its distinctive texture. We talked to Simona Di Vietri, founder of La Latteria in London, about making fresh mozzarella cheese in London. We discover what makes mozzarella stretchy and how to use it on pizza with Katie Quinn, author of Cheese, Wine and Bread. And we discuss mozzarella's role in Italian-American cooking with the wonderful Italian-American food writer, Domenica Marchetti. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Really lovely to have with me today Katie Quinn, who's written a book on cheese, wine and bread. Three of the wonderful things in life, so a great choice for a book. And is with us um, all the way from Puglia. Good morning, Katie. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me on. Well, you know, it's really lovely um, to have you, Katie, because one of the things I love about your book is the way that you write about the science. I mean, the subtitle of the book, I should explain, the theme to those three wonderful things is discovering the magic of fermentation in England, Italy and France. And and I think you're very good. You write very clearly about the sort of science of this science to, to making cheese, wine and bread. Um, so I thought I was really interested to talk to you about mozzarella cheese. And, you know, one of the characteristics is that it's so stretchy. And I was sort of wondering why. <laughs> so I thought I'd ask you that that question, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, it it makes me so happy that the science of cheese that you find that the way I wrote about it in the book is is easy to understand and it's interesting. You know, that that's what I, of course, was hoping to convey. And it's also, I just have to say, I was not a science person growing up. Like science was never my strongest class. It was never my strongest subject. Um, but there's something about cheese <laughs> that makes uh, the science absolutely fascinating. And mozzarella is a prime example of that. And probably the main reason that this stretchiness, that it has this almost taffy-like elasticity is due to the pH of the, of the milk, right? So obviously all cheese comes from milk and it is less acidic than when you make cheddar, for instance, and therefore mm -hmm. it, it retains more calcium. And so calcium is kind of like the building blocks. It's like the structure of cheese. It's, it's the glue that holds all of those proteins together. So when you're making cheddar and it has a higher acidity, so it breaks down the calcium. However, with a mozzarella, it retains more calcium, the glue holding the proteins together remains. And so straight, like straight away in just the, the structure of 
the Kurds, they are going to kind of stick together more to allow for that elasticity. So that's, that's one element of it. <laughs> Just gonna say that the other big element um, is, is the stretching of it, right? So the stretching that you do to the Kurds um, in a very, very hot water, this allows the proteins to kind of like line up, right? So it actually, in a way, it's like baking bread. And, and you know, this is one thing that I found time and again in writing about cheese, wine, and bread is that there were so many, you know, in the Venn diagram of these items, there's like an incredible amount of overlap. And you have to strengthen the proteins in these curds, just like you strengthen the proteins, the gluten in a loaf of bread, right? In your, in your sourdough that, that you're working on. Mm. That's why it has to rest for so long because it allows the proteins um, to strengthen. And the same thing happens with curd. And, and so you've, it's, it's strengthened, you've let it sit um, after cutting it up, after coagulation, and then you're stretching it and, and you're, um, again, just strengthening those protein bonds. And because of the stretching, you're actually lining up the proteins. So when it melts, when it comes to melting mozzarella, which is of course amazing, um, then then that's why you're gonna get those like stringy, beautiful, sexy <laughs> strands of mozzarella. <laughs> Wonderful. And that is really interesting, Katie, thank you. And like, Katie, I know that you, you know, you're an American who was living in Britain, but you've moved now to, to Italy, to Puglia, um, as someone who loves cheese. I'm guessing that must be pretty fascinating for you to see, you know, Italian cheese in this very intimate and interesting way. Have you had any sort of mozzarella revelations since moving to Puglia? Yeah, I've had more mozzarella revelations than I even knew I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we we have a cheese shop, a caseficio, just three blocks from where we are. And they make mozzarella in the back every single day. They get in I, and they have the, they have the doors wide open. You know, it's Puglia, so it's warm. It's it's warm here most of the year. So they just leave the doors open and um, and because like a warm environment is important for for the cheese making process, um, if you have glasses, it's they're probably going to fog up in any <laughs> cheese making environment. Um, and so these doors are just wide open. And I moved here, and I would just kind of take to to standing outside of these doors and just kind of peeking in and and watching them make cheese and. You know, and it's this, it's fresh, it's fresh cheese every morning. And I've kind of gotten to know the guys, you know, they get in at three o'clock in the morning, far earlier oh. than, than I'm willing to get there. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just so cool to watch them do, do the, the stretching of it. It's really cool. So they use this traditional beech wood splint for stretching. It's called a steka. And yeah, and so you know, watching them do this every morning and then getting to go to the cheese shop and buy this product that, that they have just made. I, I don't think I've ever tasted a mozzarella so fresh in my life. Um, and it's just a thing of beauty. The nuance is incredible. Lovely. And is that a cow's milk mozzarella that they're making? Yes, yes. And so that's fior di latte uh, versus oh, a bufala mozzarella, um, 
Right. Yes, which is available here, of course, as well. But um, the the stuff that my local place makes is a fior de latte, which yeah. has it, it tends to be, um, you know, compared to a bufala mozzarella, it uh, cow's milk mozzarella fior de latte tends to be a little springier in mm-hmm. texture, um, and you know the the paste of um, the curds is a little tighter. And, yeah. and it tends to be a, lo- a little more mild in flavor, whereas bufala will be lacier in texture and it will also mm-hmm. have kind of a stronger flavor. And this has to do with the difference between in protein content um, and fat content. And uh, bufala, buffalo's milk has higher protein and fat content. Yes, yeah, interesting. It, it does have a, a richer flavor, buffalo mozzarella, doesn't it? That's what I find when I it eat it. Um, yeah. It Delicious. does. Now, you are obviously in the land of pizza, and I think we can't talk about mozzarella without talking about pizza. And so tell me, because I know you're a very good sure. baker, Katie. Tell me your, your thoughts. I mean, again, have you sort of seen, have you eaten some stunning pizza? I'm not jealous at all, of course, that you're in Puglia eating wonderful food. Um, <laughs> tell me about your, you know, any pizza experiences, but also about your own cooking of, of pizza and using mozzarella. Yeah. So, oh, man, well, just on the baking front you know the flowers here are completely different so getting to know the flowers and and you know which flowers to use like wait do i use the semola rimacinata do i use the manitoba flower like what's going on do i use tepo zero zero tepo zero there i it's so interesting to me and of course it's not just italy as compared to england or as compared to the states it's also like France has their completely own classifications of flour. Germany has their own classifications of flour. So I think right off the bat, figuring out my dough situation in Italy was a learning curve right there. So uh, it is, I use majority Manitoba flour with partially about like a fifth of semola rimacinata for anyone that that means anything to. That's, <laughs> that's kind of... The equation that I have gone with for the dough. And then more specifically to the point of this conversation, the mozzarella, I have, this This has changed how I use mozzarella on pizza, um, living here has, and utilizing this fresh mozzarella that I have just explained to you, um, mm-hmm. I was, and I always have uh, put mozzarella on the pizza, you know, decorate the pizza, put it in the oven. And because I have, I'm working not with a commercial oven or a pizza oven um, that gets super, super hot. I'm working with a, with a normal home oven. It needs to bake for about 10 minutes. Baking a fresh mozzarella for that long, (laughs) Jenny, I got, I, cause I would post this on, on my Instagram, right? And I would get Italians who started following me after I moved here, just like yelling at me, like, no, Katie, don't put, you have to wait to put mozzarella on until the very last, either the last minute of baking or after it's out of the oven. And this has completely changed how I use mozzarella, like a fresh mozzarella on pizza. You know, if you're going to use like a shredded mozzarella or a block mozzarella or something like that, Mm -hmm. fine, put it on at the beginning. And that will be good in and of its own right, but it's a different thing because it's a different product that you use at the beginning. And fresh mozzarella should be really eaten as close to its fresh 
form as possible. That's what the Italians have taught me, and I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> I'm loving your revelation. I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? And one of the joys of food is the, you know, the complexity of it and the fact that it varies, you know. And so here you are, you know, I mean, obviously you're in Italy, but also, you know, in, you're in Puglia with its, you know, with very specific takes and ingredients and traditions. And it's a very rich, rich thing to be exploring. Um, uh, yeah, you've made me very, very nostalgic for living in Italy. And what about, have you, oh, man. Have you noticed anything about pizzerias? Have you noticed how they use the mozzarella there? So, the, Jenny, so this is the part. Anytime you're feeling like, oh, Katie's in Puglia, and oh, all of the pizza there must be amazing. That is actually not true. So <laughs> this town that I'm Good. in... Uh, yeah, the, the pizza here, I mean, I would say that my homemade pizza rivals almost any pizza place in this town. I'm in a, I'm in a fairly small town, um, but yeah, I really got to go to Naples to get to get some better pizza. The focaccia here is is excellent, but the pizza is just not that great. So to tell you the truth. OK, well, OK, here, I'll, I'll break it down like this. I have not been impressed with the dough of many of the pizza places here. It is obvious. Oh. It's a dough that ends up tasting a little bit like cardboard. <laughs> but, you know, and it's just clear. It's like a lot of places here just don't use sourdough. And not that that is necessary to make a good pizza dough, but it's just not a quality dough. And that's why I mean that like, oh, my pizza at home is just as good, if not better sometimes. Oh, but I will nice. say that- I would like that. I love that feeling when, you know, something that you make yourself is- you know, good at even if not better, <laughs> and that is you know, and that's just a, quite an empowering feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really is. And I must say, I'm in a way, I'm almost glad because you know we have this Friday night pizza night tradition that uh, we just love in our house. So I think it would actually be difficult if we were tempted to go out every Friday night. It would completely turn our tradition upside down. <laughs> <laughs> so the joy is that you're making your own pizza yourself and using this beautiful mozzarella that you're you're seeing being made which sounds a very special um yes a lovely that's a lovely link i will say that the cheeses used on the this dough that i, I would say is not the best dough i've ever had um again just in my specific town um the the cheese is always actually very incredible and that they do put it on at the very last minute and that goes for mozzarella and that also goes for stracciatella which is you know the stringy cheese um, and that is very normal to be topped on a pizza after it's out of the oven and then you got to eat it while it's hot Lovely. So Friday night, tell us tell me about your Friday night pizzas then. So that's something that's a tradition that you and your husband enjoy then. So you make your own pizza at home. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we always have fun experimenting with the toppings and, um, you know, the dough will, is kind of the only constant. And we always mix up the toppings and based on what's fresh uh, in terms of produce at the markets. Um, and always cheese. There's always some kind of cheese. And whether that's mozzarella, fior di latte, or bufala mozzarella, or scamorza, or cacio cavallo, or gorgonzola, or, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Lovely. I mean, you are, you know, you are such a cheese lover, Katie. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was really a real pleasure to talk to you. I always love talking to you, Jenny. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care. Bye. Bye. I'm a huge fan of Peter's Yard's crackers, and they go beautifully with cheese. All Peter's Yard's crackers are made in small batches, 
using quality natural ingredients and their sourdough starter, slowly fermented for 16 hours for award-winning flavour and crunch. Visit petersyard.com forward slash shop, enter the code slice of cheese at the checkout to receive 25% off your first order. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Domenica Macchetti, very welcome to the show, um, all the way from Washington. Domenica is a wonderful food writer, author of a number of delicious cookbooks, um, including Preserving Italy, which is one of my your favourites of yours, Domenica. Um, so thank you very much for coming to talk to us about mozzarella today. It's my pleasure, Jenny. Thank you for having me. I was really interested, Domenica, because, you know, your family um, connection is to Abruzzo and... And yet you're living in America. Um, I was sort of fascinated by this idea of, of, sort of Italian-American food and Italian food and the differences. I was wondering perhaps what, you know, you must see, you're so well placed actually to tell us about your, your experiences of mozzarella in Italy. Perhaps we should start there. Did you, do you have sort of seminal mozzarella moments in Italy? Oh, I sure do. And that's really where my introduction to mozzarella was. So yes, I grew up here in the United States, but my mom was born and raised in Chieti in Abruzzo. And so that's, you know, east of Rome, and it's connected to Lazio, uh, to Le Marche on the north, and to Molise in the south. But of course, Molise used to be part of Abruzzo, and is attached to Puglia and Campania. So all of these regions come Campania, Puglia, Molise, and Abruzzo, um, you'll see mozzarella. And I remember as a very young girl, um, you know, I, I would spend my summers in Italy with my family, and we would arrive in Rome and spend a few days at my aunt's apartment in Rome. And then we would drive out to our beach house in Silvi Marina on the Adriatic coast of Abruzzo. And this was in the days before the autostrada. So the trip took quite a few hours, and we would always make a stop in L'Aquila for a snack. And then we would stop at this little caseficio, little dairy farm. Um, and I, my recollection is of just nothing around, but just the Strada Statale or the local road and this little low slung cheese factory where inside, you know, there was this equipment where the the curd was being mixed. And then these women in their little bonnets and uniforms um, pulling the curd and turning it into balls of mozzarella and then very quickly wrapping it in this sort of um, waxy or plasticky paper and um, and just kind of tossing it into this um, holding uh, <laughs> vessel. And I was just mis- you know just mesmerized by their um, by their actions and how quickly they worked. And of course, the mozzarella that we bought there was just so fresh and milky and delicious. So that is probably my first um, mozzarella memory that's <laughs> which of one. course I have a mozzarella memory right <laughs> you have to have one and that's a wonderful one isn't it I mean I can imagine how yeah. fascinating it must have been to see that you know the skill when you watch people do something you know like watching a sort of butcher cut meat beautifully or you know it's, it's fascinating isn't it? or somebody weave you know how to weave a basket it's like oh my goodness you know that knowledge Absolutely. that's taken so much time so I, I was also interested in in, in sort of what, how mozzarella is seen in America or whether you perhaps you've seen a shift in how mozzarella has been perceived over over the years? Yes. Yeah, so when I was growing up, um, 
there wasn't a lot of fresh mozzarella around, or at least in my neighborhood. So I did not grow up in an Italian-American neighborhood. And I grew up outside of Princeton, um, New Jersey. Um, so that's where the university is. And there's, there is an Italian community there, but it's kind of dispersed. It's um, So you know, we didn't, if my mom wanted to buy things like fresh mozzarella, we either had to go to Little Italy in New York or um, into Trenton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time we were stuck using the grocery store mozzarella, which is sort of these rectangular or oval blocks of shrink wrapped cheese, which is quite rubbery and, um, isn't very much like mozzarella at all. It, if it's like anything, it's more like scamorza, which is mozzarella that's been aged briefly. And, you know, so it's drier. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, you can find wonderful fresh mozzarella. In fact, last night, um, my husband and I had um, mozzarella for dinner, just a very simple dinner of, you know, thinly sliced prosciutto. And we had a nice ball of buffalo mozzarella and a couple of um, cow's milk mozzarellas and a salad on the side. And, um, you know, it, was, it makes for a very delicious, simple summer dinner. And so these types of mozzarellas are now available, whether they're imported or whether they're made domestically, um, because there are a lot of artisan cheesemakers in the U.S., um, and a number of them do make very good, fresh mozzarella cheese. Um, But I do want to say something about that rubbery, uh, drier mozzarella, which is when it's made well, it's actually pretty good and it melts beautifully. So for some dishes, I actually uh-huh. like it. Well, that is interesting. Actually, I really wanted to talk, to talk to you about cooking with mozzarella because I know in your pasta cookbook, you know, it's in your baked pasta recipes. I notice you, you use mozzarella. Yes. And yes. And what, what does mozzarella bring to to dish and you seem to mix it with other cheeses is, is that right yes and i do that because it's pretty mild on its own especially cow's milk mozzarella um with buffalo mozzarella i i don't really like to cook with it because cooking with mozzarella can be tricky if it's very milky and wet and soft like buffalo milk mozzarella um you know if you just put it on your pizza you risk kind of having that the way pool around your pizza when you're right yeah i mean look if you have a neapolitan wood-fired pizza oven then then that kind of mozzarella can work and it is of course used in neapolitan pizza but for a home cook trying to make pizza buffalo mozzarella isn't necessarily a good choice and the other thing is sometimes when you cook mozzarella and then it comes out of the oven it's nice and melty and hot but within a couple of minutes it's sort of you know, it just kind of congeals almost and gets hard. So it can be hard to cook with. So for, you know, very fresh, milky buffalo mozzarella or fresh cow's milk mozzarella, I prefer to just enjoy those plain, like I was Mm. saying, which which is what we did last night. Um, But you can buy slightly drier, somewhere between the fresh and then, you know, what what you find shrink-wrapped in, in the grocery store. And um, I do love to put it in baked pasta dishes. So, you know, like very a, a very classic Italian-American dish, um, ziti al forno or rigatoni al forno. And in summer, I'll make that with, um, you know, you just toss pasta with tomato sauce, maybe some diced and fried eggplant and um, 
cubes of mozzarella and Parmesan and you bake that in the oven and it's really delicious. Um, so that's one of my favorite preparations to use mozzarella in cooking. Sometimes I dice mozzarella and mix it with ricotta and use it as a filling for ravioli, which is also very nice. It, you know, it gets a little bit stretchy and, um, and it's mild flavor doesn't take over. So, um, you know, so I do use it in cooking, but I kind of use it judiciously in cooking. Um, in classic Italian American preparations like chicken parm, we call it chicken parmesan or veal parmesan. Um, I may even resort to using that drier supermarket mozzarella because you can shred it very nicely and it does melt well. So, um, you know, and, and it's, it's salty. It, the flavor is not bad. It's, it's definitely, a, I think of it as a completely different cheese than fresh yeah. mozzarella, but, um, but it has its place. Yeah. How interesting. And thinking of fresh mozzarella and the way that, you know, as you said, this, you know, the, the delicate flavour that it has. So obviously it sort of lends itself to being um, sort of enlivened. So in your Preserving Italy, how do you, you've got some mozzarella recipes in that book. How do you like to use it there? Well, um, you know, I, I do like mozzarella. In summer, I will toss it with hot pasta. So one of my favorite dishes, and I don't know if this is in um, Preserving Italy, but one of my favorite, I think it might be in the pasta book, is to just take a very large, very ripe summer tomato and dice it up and put it in a bowl with really good um, extra virgin olive oil, some torn basil, a little bit of salt, and um, maybe a little pepperoncino. And, And then you know, you cook your pasta, and then rather than cooking the sauce, you just toss your cooked pasta with this fresh diced tomato and um, all of the seasonings, and you toss in some diced mozzarella as well. So you get that nice stretchy mozzarella and the very fresh tomato, and um, and it's a very good summery sauce. And the, the residual heat from the pasta, maybe you add a little bit of pasta water as well, kind of um, quote unquote cooks the sauce, but it mm-hmm. retains that very fresh flavor. And the mozzarella just gets nice and stretchy and melty. That pasta recipe sounds absolutely delicious and I've noted it. And do you think often in, um, you know, in Britain we pair mozzarella, you know, with tomatoes or with avocado. Are there other things, you know, because it's such a sort of delicate ingredient with delicate flavour and then this lovely sort of juicy, you know, moist texture, what sort of things are, are nice to serve with it? It's such a great antipasto cheese because it goes so well with, you know, lots of different um, flavors and ingredients. Um, one of my favorite things to pair mozzarella is, is um, there's a recipe in Preserving Italy for sweet and sour roasted peppers with capers in which the peppers are first either grilled or broiled until blackened. And then you, um, you know, you, you uh, take off the skins and slice the peppers into thin strands and marinate them in this nice sweet and sour vinegar brine. And after they've marinated for a couple of hours with garlic and capers and parsley, uh, you drain them and then uh, put them in jars and top them off with olive oil. And um, it's one of my favorite 
condiments or preserves because it it is it goes with everything, um, and it goes very well with mozzarella. So if I'm doing an antipasto platter, I would definitely put a nice piece of maybe buffalo mozzarella, so milky and spongy, and um, you know next to it these beautiful colored peppers. If you use yellow and red and orange peppers, um, it just makes a really lovely presentation. Um, you know, so in preparations like that, I really do love mozzarella because it um, it's just such a nice complement to the assertive mm. flavors of the preserves. Um, one of my other favorite preserves is something called lezzole, and that is garlic scapes. And they're actually coming into um, uh, into season right now. Mm. Those are the kind of the long, curly scapes of the of the garlic plant. Um, in Abruzzo, we slice them into about one or two inch pieces. And then we, you know, we kind of um, cook those briefly in a brine and preserve those in oil too. And they have a very lovely, mild garlic flavor. And so a nice piece of mozzarella with a spoonful of these zolle, um, maybe you could put it on a crostino. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's, I'm it, on it's my really way. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, that sounds absolutely delicious. Tell me, just one last thing, Dominic. I wanted to ask you, you've talked about cow's milk mozzarella and buffalo milk mozzarella. What is the difference for, and I understand one's more expensive, but I was just thinking, you know, some of you <laughs> yes. have it. What, what is, you know, what, you know, do you notice, is there a difference between, you know, a buffalo milk mozzarella to a cow's milk mozzarella? There very much is a difference. I grew up on cow's milk mozzarella because in Abruzzo, that's the kind of mozzarella that you see. Um, I honestly don't know if there are any buffalo milk um, dairies in Abruzzo. Most of those are concentrated in Campania, south of Naples, either in the province of Caserta or down in the Cilento. And um, so the buffalo mozzarella um, tends to be milkier, maybe a little bit sweeter, lemonier. It um, it has kind of a, a faint um, new leather barnyard tang to it that I find really appealing. And it, I feel at it, that it is at its best when it's super fresh. Um, and when I was working on preserving Italy, I did a little profile of one of the buffalo dairies down in the Cilento, um, south of Naples, called Vanullo. It's run by a family. And they are so meticulous about their buffalo milk mozzarella that they don't sell it to any restaurants. They don't ship it. You can't find it in the U.S. You, you can't find it across the street from them. You you have to go to their dairy to buy the mozzarella because mm. they're so concerned about you know the, the integrity of their product. And they know. They told me, the minute this product leaves our property, it changes. And um, so, um, but it's you know it has that characteristic kind of barnyardy. Um, very faint flavor to it that, that I really love. Whereas cow's milk mozzarella is a little more delicate in flavor. It's elastic. It's bouncy. I think the the paste, the pasta is is a little more compact. Uh, I feel it, you know, especially if it's been hanging around for a couple of days and it's not quite as moist, it, it's, it's a pretty good, it can be a pretty good cooking mozzarella. So um, I think the difference mostly is one of texture 
and flavor between the two. And if you have them side by side, you can immediately tell which is which. Yes, that's so fun. Isn't that interesting? With textures coming up a lot on these programs, and I was talking about paneer and yeah. fresh paneer as opposed to industrially produced paneer. And I made some paneer myself because it is a fresh cheese you can make very easily at home. And, it, you know, it is a revelation because it was really delicious in a very gentle way, but which the package stuff just lacks, you know. It's, it was so interesting. Right. And, yeah. And there's a charm, isn't there, too, of a fresh cheese when it's fresh. <laughs> you can't really beat it. Yes, that is so true. And um, I, I make a couple of very fresh, simple cheeses. And I tried mozzarella once um, using, I think, a mozzarella kit from a Vermont cheese making company. And I was not successful. Um, I think there is really an art to the pulling of the curd, the proper pulling of the curd and knowing how to do it and how long to do it. Um, I know there are people who have successfully made it at home and I take my hat off to them because I have not (laughs) been able to do it. Some things I leave, you know, some things are very skilled and I just think I'll leave it to the people who've acquired that skill and then go and buy it and enjoy it and that's fine. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Dominica, thank you so much for that. You have absolutely made me happy hungry, which I knew was a danger of talking to you. It's been my pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having, well, you know, I, I love all cheese and I especially love mozzarella. So this has been a treat. Brilliant. Thank you, Dominica. Take care. Bye bye. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savor the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com, and specialist food retailers. Really happy to have with me Simona Di Vietri, who's the founder of La Latteria. And Simona, it's an interesting story. She worked in finance, but um, left the world of finance to instead to make fresh mozzarella in London, which is quite a change, Simona. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having me, Jenny. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, no, it's really lovely. Am so, I, and also, you're very well placed to tell us, Simona, how mozzarella is made, because I, you know, it's such an interesting process. And, you know, I think very few of us realise quite you know, the work involved. It is a very interesting process, and it looks extremely straightforward and easy. But in reality, it's it's quite technical um, and complex simply because there is no rule, there is no formula, there is no special technique. It's really hard. It's something that I've learned over the past five years. Uh, And I have to be honest, I struggled a bit at the beginning, but I'll tell you a bit more when we go into my professional evolution. So we start with milk and then we ended up with two products, whey and curd. Now, the curd is used to do I would say 90% of our product, everything which has to do with the mozzarella group. How much work goes into it, you you just do not appreciate. Um, So it's very time consuming. Yeah, amazing. So That sounds such a lot of hard, hard active work, you know, so made fresh in the morning. I'm guessing your guys start very early in the morning. My guys start in the middle of the night. So our production is, they literally, and and that's probably one of the biggest challenges because obviously we have very little room for mistake if something goes wrong but basically the way it works because our mission is the idea is to supply a product which is as fresh as possible i remember when i was a kid and i used to go buy the mozzarella and the guy will will be making it behind the glass in the back of latteria latteria in, in italian means cheesemonger so it's the place where you go buy cheese um, was making it in the back so it would just literally make it 
the lady at the counter will pack it and give it to me. So I grew up with this concept of is made, packed, sold, eaten. Mm. Um, and I wanted to replicate that to the extent possible, obviously. We're not in a small village and things are very different in London. But the idea was to have my artisan, my guys, working in the middle of the night, producing, packing, dispatching. And so my customer, would it be the family at home or would it be the restaurant, would receive something which has been done four or five hours before and then have the sense of freshness. Now, yeah. And it's funny because obviously now people, when they get it the day after or they keep the mozzarella for two days later, and I'm, I keep saying, but until you try a product, in reality, you were buying a product which was produced in Italy, packed, shipped to the UK, and then going to the distribution center, coming to you, which was probably at least a few days late. Um, I don't know if the few is a week four or five, depending on the, on the transportation. Now people have got to the point where, oh no, but it's one day late, is that too old? So, which is good, because means people are starting to understand the real nature of this product, which is freshness. If you try it on the day of production, you'll taste something. If you try the day later, the product is not bad at all. The product is still fantastic but it will be different from the one that you've tasted the day before. Because it's a such a delicate product that over time, yeah. even 24 hours, 48 hours, three days, remember, is in water, right? So the water, which is how you preserve this product, not to become yellow, not to go to oxidation, at the same time, is also this product's worst enemy. Because when yeah. it sits in water, there is, there is a process of osmosis. So the water starts slowly infiltrating because it's not a hard product. So we start slowly infiltrating. And so what happens is the water goes in, the salt, which is in the process, one thing I forgot to mention earlier is that while cooking with the boiling water, my cheesemaker will also add salt, obviously. So right. the salt, yes. which gives flavor, will start going out. So within 24 hours, 36 hours, the product has lost most of its flavor. Just natural process. It's not because it's a natural process. It's lost most of its flavor. At the same time, because the water starts kind of like infiltrating, the consistency becomes softer. Yeah. So it's funny because a lot of our... When I, when I take... When I take sample to chef or when people try a product, which is fresh, right? So imagine, product mm -hmm. has been done a few hours earlier. The first reaction we have is, is salting is kind of hard. It's kind of rubbery. It's not soft and like with the delicate taste. And the reason for that, if you think about it, is because it's literally just been made. Then if the same product, I keep it in water for two days, the salt will be gone completely. The consistency will start slowly losing it up because of the water. Mm. So what I keep telling people, differently from, so here we're talking about cow milk product. The cow milk product, when it's fresh, tends to be firmer, more rubbery, saltier, yeah. because it's been just made. Then when you put it in water, the water starts alterating the quality of the product. And that's why I think it's important for people to have the fresh product. Because if you try a mozzarella which has been sitting in water for a week, seven days... The mozzarella is not bad, right? So it's still good to eat. It's not spoiled. It's yes. nothing. But because we've been staying in water for 
prolonged period of time, the natural consistency and taste of the mozzarella has been lost. And How this is the primary, yes. this is the primary reason why I, we keep pushing for the freshness. The freshness is important across the board of the, uh, across the board for a lot of product. But in this specific case, it's also a way of preserving what is the actual nature of this product. Mm. I know it may sound it's difficult to to understand what I'm saying, but a lot of time the chef comes to me and we show them the mozzarella. So they try the mozzarella literally still warm when it's done. And obviously Gosh. they are never gonna test taste that again. Unless you have a cheesemaker in your kitchen and he does it warm for you, that is something that you cannot replicate. Even if I take the mozzarella, I put it in water, you take it home. You eat it the day after. Once you taste the same mozzarella, it will taste differently because it's cooled down, it's been in water, the salt is starting to be lost into the water. It's a funny thing to understand. Yeah. But... Uh, and that's why, like, when my, my chef comes to see us, and they was like, oh, my goodness, this is incredible. Because the one you taste I'm at my lab, your lab. Is, <laughs> I want to you come. You have. Yes. It's, it's a must. Yeah. Okay, that's on my to-do list, definitely. So, Simone, so fresh mozzarella, taking your point about the freshness yeah. and the care. And then what is the, yeah. tell, tell me one beautiful way that, you know, what would you recommend to somebody who bought some of your mozzarella? How would you want them to eat it? What, what's the sort of best way to, to enjoy it? Personally, I'm a very simple person. So I eat mozzarella the way it is. So I put it in a plate, I put a salad on the side and I eat it like this. So if you want to appreciate the real quality of mozzarella, obviously then you can get creative. But try the product in a simple form and shape in his natural habitat. And then obviously you can get creative. For example, burrata is our best sold product, right? I don't need yeah. burrata. Not because I don't love it, I love it. It's the, one of the tasty products you can have. Stracciatella is the same. But when I bring mozzarella at home, and I do this like twice a week for me and my kids, I bring mm -hmm. the plain one. I simply love to enjoy the taste of the mozzarella and the taste of the mozzarella we make here is incredible simply because the quality of the milk in this country is incredible so so my suggestion is leave a bit try natural and then the remaining you can get creative with oil even like a drop of oil and maybe like a pinch of balsamic vinegar amazing that's a good tip and that's interesting isn't it because obviously you'd want it has to be good mozzarella for it to be if you're going to be simple, it has, it has to be really good mozzarella, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. That's and that's why you tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Well, listen, Simona, that's really wonderful. I mean, I was fascinated by how complex the making of mozzarella is. And, and hats off to you for taking on this endeavour to bring this wonderful food from your own childhood, you know, right into London, into restaurants. I know it's a lot of work. So um, great story. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. We love telling our story to people because we are very passionate about what we do. <laughs> it really comes so, across. I look forward so to my visit. Thank you, Simona. You Take care. Bye, Simona. Bye. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Thank you so much for listening to A Slice of Cheese. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, it would be lovely if you could rate us on wherever you've found this podcast. It will make such a difference to us. So I hope you'll enjoy us again. Thank you very much.